A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, y'all. Welcome back to the Pole Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob D, the Dead Pole Hitter. I got two very special guests on tonight. You might know them as the sleeper in the bus, Paul Sporer and Justin Mason. We talk a ton of things. We hit every different angle of fantasy baseball, lessons learned from last year, making your own projections, talk about some draft champions, auctions, main event, do a little fun draft at the end of the podcast. But a lot of fun stuff packed in here. And want to remind everyone about the Pull Hitter Patreon. Come check it out. I'm doing player breakdowns. I'm doing breakdowns of my own draft champions. All 50 rounds. 1 through 26. 27 through 50. For different levels of tiers involved. You get the Launch Angle podcast. Every other Launch Angle we do goes on to the Patreon as well. I just redid my tier structure and prices. I'm offering annual prices right now where you get two months off for both tiers and come check it out it's gonna be fun it's gonna really be um awesome all season long weekly you get minimum nine pods from me in season do the lineup pods i do a daily sheet where i go through all of the actionable players from the night before not just the stars but the players that we can be picking up on fab on the weekends i do a podcast with Mr. Matt Modica. I do a fab podcast as well. If you're all in for the Meatball Mafia. So come check it out. You get a free week trial for the first tier. The Meatball tier. It's a $10 a month tier. But right now, annually, you get two months off of any tier that you join up for. Come check it out. The Discord is comes with um, every tier except for the, the launch angle only the launch angle only you can pay five bucks you get all the extra launch angles every other tier above that you get the launch angle as well and you get the discord access where we have over 20 channels dedicated to draft champions one dedicated to gladiators one dedicated to auction strategies there's, there's a news one there's um a whole bunch of fun ones too that we made up and it, come check it out information on vegas drafts for nfbc really a whole bunch of fun and a learning experience for everybody. We're all learning from each other. Pretty invaluable in the community. So hope to see you there soon. We've got a steady influx of signups every day and hope to keep this momentum going. And it's the best Discord around. It's the most fun, most knowledgeable. I promise everyone in this Discord is drafting. We've got the generator who are involved in so many of the draft champions, gladiators, NFBC 50s. Um, we have a Dynasty channel for you too, so a lot. Check it out. Again, Pull Hitter Patreon. If you go to patreon.com, put Pull Hitter Fantasy in the search bar. If you're on X, you can just go to my at Dead Pull Hitter 
and it's the pinned tweet take you right to it so um and also wanted to remind everyone about the nfbc champions league if you're not familiar with that format a brand new format where you could get to test your medal in three different drafts a 12 team uh, a 12 team free agent league called the online championship on the nfbc a 15 team draft and hold in the draft champions and the 15 team main event fab league you buy all three as a package and then we have an overall standing between everyone who signed up strictly for that package and the top 15 finishers in that overall for 30 categories because 10 different categories for three different leagues is 30 categories the overall finishers top 15 will be part of the champions league in 2025 where right now the pot has grown to about nineteen thousand dollars overall first place is about eleven and a half thousand to come go check it out on the nfbc if you have problems locating it just let me know let toby at batflip crazy on x let him know contact us Right now, there's three people, two people that signed up that have never even played in the NFBC before. So if that's you too, you can get involved. It's going to be fun. We're going to grow this, and it's going to be awesome to track all season long. I'll be tracking it with Randy Haynes, who has been a, um, featured on my podcast before uh, co- as a co-host. And we'll be covering it all year long. It's going to be really cool. So really come check that out. Again, hope everyone uh, enjoys this podcast with Justin and Paul. All right, welcome back to the Pole Herder Podcast, your destination for actionable resource for fantasy baseball. I got two special guests here today. You hear them everywhere. You see them everywhere on Fangraphs, on Sleeper in the Bus, Mr. Justin Mason, Paul Sporer. First time on the show together, even though second time on the show um, in total. How are you fellas doing today? Doing very well. Thanks for having us on. Oh, so I, I have to direct this. I know, you know, when I do it no, with Rob no, and I, Jeff, I, I usually say, Paul, let Paul. I, Paul I usually let Paul go first, but I felt, felt like this time uh, it was more important for me to go first. So I tried to jump in there. I was waiting. I, yeah. I, I had waited a beat, but you do usually let me go first. So I was reading that cue as well. And I was like, well, I'll just, I'll go the way I normally do. But yeah, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> it is great to join you, though. Uh, love everything you've been doing. With the pull hitter uh, in the off season and stuff, the breakdowns, the discords, awesome. So, uh, keep keep the great work coming, man. It's made the winter a little bit warmer as we all kind of get a yes. little bit of cold weather across the country. You get it the worst out of the three of us. I I have no doubt about that. Yeah, even though I mean we haven't had snow here in Jersey for two years, so it, that's it's, crazy. It wow. gets cold. It get cold, but it's just um, but my bones are ready for the like warmer climate all year round you know going to arizona in october and in november you know what you guys i was like yep. i came home and i tell my wife i was like this that needs to be an all-year thing soon <laughs> exactly <laughs> it just feels it feels better on your body it's without just a doubt better yes and you got dogs yeah. you can take the dogs out more i mean it's just yeah everyone knows how i feel about uh quality weather <laughs> and everyone knows how justin feels about casual weather that's a I love casual reference. weather. That's an yeah. old, old casual reference. weather. Old. Can we get a definition for casual weather? No, the you beauty can't. of it is we can't. <laughs> because uh, I explain it, Justin. It can't. I like we were we were talking about like we were doing prep work, like a prep work. Things podcast, we hate. Right? It was it was from the um, it was from a <laughs> oh, pandemic yeah. pod. That's right. It was things we hate. It was things we hate. We were drafting because we ran out of things to talk about when the pandemic shut everything down. And so we did a draft on things we hate and I had a list and we were going through the list and I went, I got, I got casual weather on my list and I do not know what this is. Um, 
And so it so became, became a thing. running joke on the podcast <laughs> where we would break down casual weather, uh, you know, every once in a while. So, so yeah. my guess is like 60, partly cloudy, no wind. That's casual weather. But I love and casual. I, mean, I, I know casual weather. I love you would think weather. you'd want casual yeah. weather, but it seems mm -hmm. you want more extreme. You either want it to be 100 or 30. But you don't like casual weather, which yeah, is very, very bizarre. Very, yeah, very, very big problem with casual it's a bold weather. take. Very bold. It's very a bold. bold. <laughs> oh, I know you guys are busy hammering out ranks on fan graphs. Um, I'm sure that is a daunting task. Um, and also, you know, not too much right now with that in season gone, but I just want to get your guys' takes on, like, you know, how in the season you balance <clears throat> doing content playing high stakes leagues and then like your life with family and and yourself you know um so whoever wants to go first here start just... with justin on that because he plays justin. a lot more leagues i've really cut back um to try to get into the single digit realm but he's pushing 20 so let's start with justin on that because he has a family too he has kids um <laughs> so the balance <laughs> is imbalance yeah. Uh, I think that is the best. I mean, I like Paul mentioned, I, I play in anywhere from 15 to 20 leagues every year. Um, now, some of those are gladiators. Some of those are uh, DCs, which helps yeah, definitely with you know the workload. I'm not having to do fab every week. Um, but uh, pretty much from January until about September, I am working nonstop, right? Like it's you know, two, three o'clock in the morning. Now I try to do as much as I can during the day when my kids are at school and my wife are, is at work and, um, or after everybody's gone to bed. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm putting in, you know, on top of having a real, a quote unquote real job, hmm. uh, you know, for 40 hours a week, uh, I, I probably put in another 40 hours worth of content creation prep, uh you know man team management now for me it becomes a lot easier once we start the actual season because my content creation at that point becomes pretty repetitive mm -hmm. and i have got it streamlined pretty well where i don't need to you know spend three or four hours a night on writing articles i can usually bust out two articles in two hours and uh and then be done um but i'm also a pretty pretty quick writer so uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I'm not very good at the work-life balance, to be quite honest. Like I, I could be, and I should be better at it at this point. It definitely puts a strain on the marriage and my kids sometimes ask, who's that guy, uh, when I walk into the house, uh, <laughs> but that's just, you know, uh, I'm not as smart as other people in the industry. And so it takes me a lot more work to, I think, catch up, uh, in terms of like learning a lot of these things that I think come a little mm. bit easier to people. Yeah, like yeah. automating things like, you know, like I, I I'm I'm jealous of everyone who does like the automation and just brings up a sheet and it's like, voila. Um, yeah. And and while I, I think that's time saving, I also enjoy the process and getting to where I end up, because sometimes I think that just looking at the final answer, you don't really know what's going into that final answer. And I like knowing what goes into that final answer, even if it takes me longer. So I kind of embrace it. And every time I'm like, oh, I got to automate this. I'm like, nah, you know what? Fuck it. I like my way of doing it. Mm -hmm. What about you, Paul? Yeah, I mean, just because I don't play as many leagues doesn't mean I don't also struggle with the with the balance because I have a second job at Out of the Park Baseball, which is a video game where I make their uh, their content every week. So I, I put a lot of work into that too. 
Um, so, you know, that takes the place of 10 leagues. So pair that with my eight or nine, and I'm right there at, at 20 in terms of the workload anyway. But I really try to be better about it and not always closing off, like doing things on the weekend. Obviously, I can find things to do for work, particularly in season at any point. Actually, probably more so in the off season than in season. But I feel like I've gotten better about like, okay, I want to do stuff this day, this day, make sure I'm taking some time off. Although I will say one failing is not going to Houston or Dallas for a major league game this past year. That was just, that's just a big miss. I mean, they're not super close. They're both about three hours away, but come on, that's a, that's a weekend. That's an afternoon trip to yeah. get that done. And I have a willing partner who very much wants to go. Jen's not anywhere near the baseball head. I am of course, but she likes going. She likes hanging out. So I don't even have to try to drag her. She wants to go. So I'll make better, uh, better use of that next year. Go see the reigning world champs and, uh, and check out Houston as well. Cause you guys know, I love Verlander. So would love to catch one of his starts, but yeah, yeah. I, I think I've, I've gotten better at it, but I could still be better. And it's time management too. You know, Justin talks about writing an article in like an hour, hour and a half, man, I, the older I get, the more my brain takes way too long, way too long. It's like, I know what I want to do and how I want to say it and all that. But researching everything, it just takes I get time. so distracted. So, me, me too. That's my problem. And it's like, not to go into a whole like <laughs> serious combo about something, but I don't know if I want to take legal meth to get it fixed. I think it would probably <laughs> fix it, but it it is legal meth, right? Like, and no shade to anybody taking it. I'm, and now it sounds like I am talking shit. I just think it would almost be too good for me. Um, <laughs> But I probably do need something like it, it should not take me as long as it does for some of the articles. Yeah, I think I just get like anything pops up uh, the notification in the Discord, and I'll, I go to that, and then I'll, I like, follow it right like a I light. You're like, oh, I'm just like, gonna go this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if someone, if I was swimming in the ocean and someone fucking dropped a nice big fat bait, you know, I'd be, I'd be chasing it like absolutely, <laughs> like a meatball, like that. That's what I, you know, I just do, and it just, and then I'm like, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I was on pull pull rates for this player break that I'm doing, and and, and now I'm over here looking up somebody else. That happens so often. And going yeah. back to the out of the park job, so it, it's a card collecting game where we span mm -hmm. the history of baseball. So I'll be looking up something for present day Fangraphs article, and it'll be a reference to another player from 1987. And then I'll be like, wait, do we have a card for him in out of the park? So then I'm on my other job now, looking up to see if I can make a card for some. Carney Lansford. <laughs> yeah, so I think I get some Carney Lansford 1987 card in when I'm working on my SP chart for the next day at Fangrass, and and that shit happens all the time. So my distractions are usually within the realm of baseball, but they're still distractions that keep me from getting the work done and getting back onto the next task. Yeah, 100. It's um, it's all battle. Um, it's just uh, it's like oh, do some meditation, do this. It's like yeah, sure. It's all I gotta do is take deep breaths, and you're saying my 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 OCD everything will goes fix away. It, yeah. yeah, okay, sure. I'll try. I'll try a little harder. I'll take deeper breaths. Um, <laughs> but let's look back at 2023 and uh, maybe just get some quick little lessons learned, like things that you guys, um, you know, got right, whether and wrong. It could be overall in terms of you know the environment that was stolen bases or could be a player profile anything um justin why don't you go first oh um i mean i think things went pretty well for me last year in terms of like uh you know 
adapting to the rules. I mean, the whole rule change thing, I think, threw a lot of people for a loop. Uh, and I definitely, you know, we'll talk about it when we talk about a couple, you know, my teams and stuff like that later on. But I, def I mean, obviously, I didn't think like the stolen bases numbers would go up quite as much as they did and in, in kind of the way that they did. But I think for the most part, my goal was to like, hey, I'm not going to overreact to things because we have no idea how things are going to change and to what extent. Like, we know that they're going to. We just didn't know. And I think just kind of staying true to that kind of uh, thought process was like, hey, I just want to draft the best talent, the best talent that I can, the best pure yeah. skills I can, and all just in season. Um, you know, I think they're definitely, uh, I think the times in which I didn't adjust uh, is where I struggled, right? And I, I definitely had um, some difficulties, I think especially in the pitching um that i had a hard time adjusting to um and i don't even know if i answered your question properly but <laughs> <laughs> that's lessons learned from the season uh and less lessons learned i mean you, you had a good season so let's talk about some of the yeah. things you did well because you bounced you bounced back from a pretty wretched season of, a, by your own you know by your own words there, not me calling yeah the season back. You know, but you yeah, had a rough 22 was about is uh big of garbage fires you could get for for me i mean i didn't catch in a single league um i and i and i really really struggled uh and so i mean what i did was uh and it, it like paul mentioned like really worked for me was like i kind of went and did a post-mortem on all my teams mm -hmm. and really and really broke down um everything that i did in every single league what went right what didn't go right and then I try to connect the dots on what didn't go right and what did go right as well um, to kind of go, okay, where were the mistakes in terms of my thinking, right? Like, you know, we're all going to miss on certain players. We're all going to hit on certain players. Like, um, but when you start having process mistakes, that's a problem. And, and I had some ma major process mistakes in 2022. And I think um, what helped correct that was in 2023. And I think a lot of it too was, I think I grew a lot as a player in terms of trusting myself, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. um, you know, we all do a lot of work, you know, all three of us in terms of like getting ready for a season, right. With individual player, um, you know, breakdowns and, and figuring out like, okay, who do I think is going to have this breakout or who's going to take a step back and, you know, trying to dig into numbers and, and watch tape. And, and I would get at the draft table and I would go, like I've done all this work and then I would like, I would kind of like hedge my bet, mm. you know, and I'd go, yeah. well, Oh, you know what? You know, thinks this pitcher, you know, or this person, you know, or ADP says this and I didn't trust my own process. Like I did all this work, spent hundreds of hours in the prep and then like, Oh no, I I'm going to ignore it. And I'm going to go with group think, or I'm going to go with people who I think are smarter than me. And, I didn't do that in 2023 as much. I mean, I think I still make the mistakes sometimes. Um, but uh, for the most part, I trust myself and I had a really good year because of it. Yeah. And then that's it. If you, if you sink, then at least you went, at least you sunk with, with your thoughts and your process, you know, and then you have no one to blame. I can't believe I listened to this guy's article. I can't believe I listened to this lead I had on the podcast. I heard like none of that, you know, it should be part mm -hmm. of it, but it shouldn't, you know, I, I love that answer because, I, and I think that's a lot of the things that, um, 
you know, there's some, there's some, there's some people in, in, in the Pole Hitter Discord that, you know, like kind of like come out of the woodworks every now and then, and they're kind of like shy about voicing their stuff because maybe they feel like they're not these, uh, analysts or an expert or they play high stakes, but you know, that's the, that's the beauty of that part of that, that space is like you, you come here to express your feeling, express your thoughts, like, and then you go out and you execute it, you know? And I think that's such a big lesson um, that I've learned over the years. It's like, um, it, it's like once you feel comfortable in your ways and, and, and that process, it's, it's, it's really important to just put it, just put it into effect, just to really trust yourself, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're experts in that we spend a lot of time on it, not in that we have undeniable 100%. success that can't yes. be questioned in any way, shape, or form, right? Like, we just took the plunge to start blathering about it. I don't think I'm <laughs> yeah. the best player ever, or even particularly close. I just wanted to start talking about it, well, start writing about it originally, and then eventually talking about it when podcasts became a big thing. And, you know, uh, enough people found me entertaining enough to stick around plenty don't and that's okay too but I, I i hear you on that of like people feeling shy about speaking up or challenging something from somebody who they trust like it's obviously easier with friends i'll tell justin he's full of shit on something easily and he'll vice versa it's a little bit harder when you don't know somebody because you don't want it to seem like an attack even if you just vehemently disagree with the point i mean i'll have points where i disagree with somebody but i, I agree with 95 percent of what they say it's just a matter of the forum. Can I can I feel comfortable telling them that I disagree with them? And I understand the intimidation people might have going into a Discord and being like, Rob, you're wrong. Jeff Zimmerman, you're wrong. Phil, I disagree with you here. Yeah. Right. And it's like, but you're free to express that. Yes. Right? Because just because of all the stuff that you three have won doesn't mean you guys are above reproach. And thankfully, you guys never act like you are. And I think a lot of people in the industry are good about that. I think it is a pretty inviting and good industry. We've got plenty of bickering, plenty of bullshit, right? You peel back the cover, you'll see plenty of BS in any industry like this. But as a whole, I think it's a pretty inviting space to come out, have your takes, and, and hopefully add to the community, right? I think yeah. the one thing that people have lamented in recent years is like a little bit of the look at me of like, oh, I, I got this right, I got this right, I got this right. It's like, we all get things right, but we all get things wrong too. I wanna learn from where I got things wrong. And that's why Justin's kind of tour around 2022 to figure out where he got wrong in 20 for 23 and then ended up having the immediate results was so huge. And you ask, you know, what were my lessons learned this year? And I thought I gave enough to the the steals. You know, I I viewed steals going up for sure. I didn't use that as a way of waiting. I knew you needed more, but I'm still very allergic to the rabbit profile, meaning like the Estuary Ruiz steals only profile. So I ended up a little bit behind in steals, thinking that my my knickknack 10s and 15s were going to turn into 15s and 20s, and I was still going to amass enough, but I ended up coming up short there. I did feel pretty good about playing the saves pool, though. Uh, I paid for saves early, and in most of my leagues, I was fine. You know, Rob, you and I were in a league together where I ended up kind of punting them down the stretch because I, I could no longer really move in them. But even in that league where I finished toward the bottom, it was an Evan Phillips-Josh Hader combo that I still felt pretty good about. It's just that I had to start chasing wins and volume, so I had to, I think I parked like 10 or 12 saves from those two that I didn't even end up getting. Because I don't like the saves rat race 
at all. I think when people talk about buying saves off the wire, they never, never fully account for how much of your fab that that's going to eat up. And I'm just not interested in it. Look, maybe you bought Edwin Diaz last year and that was paying for saves and it didn't work, but that's a fluke. The bottom line is the last, what, five or six years, the top saves tiers have paid off. You can find the occasional miss, but as a general principle, I find paying for saves very good and i will continue to do it especially as that becomes more and more fractured like bell cow running backs in the nfl oh very very life appearance i like that i like that link there yeah i like that link the bell cow running back um i think there's parallels with with closers and starters that relate to running backs in the nfl right because we don't have as many 200 plus inning guys just like we don't have as many 300 carry guys and then the uh the save split becomes of like the guy who gets the carries in football versus you know the saves being split between three four guys and a lot of teams are just comfortable splitting their saves between three four guys now yeah absolutely yeah what an awful ending to our main event league as i fucking john posma uh, that was a tough up, loss for you i'm up 120 to 114 and he gets four strikeout points on the last day storm the castle Ooh. man that was tough <laughs> it was just awful like and it was just something that it's like uh, and that was that was an interesting breakdown too because um yeah so he 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 ended up with 1359 strikeouts next guy was 1358 next guy was 1355 which was me and then the next guy was 1352 he leapfrogged all of us on the last day crazy i lost snell's second start you know which I mean, it was kind of on the rope whether he was going to get it or not, you know, mm-hmm. as is. Um, but it wasn't mean I wasn't going to start him for his first one, you know, because that was really yeah, you good had as to. well. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like those four strikeout difference with the league. And that was just miserable, man. I was just like. That's oh. painful. <laughs> yeah, it's it was. amazing how many leagues come down. Cause, Isn't it? Like, you, I mean, did, I, I speaking had. Speaking of I, football, did, did you see that thing in the poll hitter discord? Not to interrupt you there, Justin. I'm sorry, but no. like it came down oh, yeah. that was from to a snapshot point zero five yeah. of a point. And it was two Mahomes kneel downs that decided the NFFC silver bullet. So just to accentuate your point, yeah. it happens in football too. But go ahead, what you're gonna say about baseball, because you have a pretty special one that resulted oh, yeah. in a jersey purchase of a very random player. Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> I was uh my my auction, uh my NFC auction uh league. You know the fifteen hundred dollar auction uh like came down to like the last couple games of the day on the last day and uh you know bailey ober uh had a win going you know into like this seventh inning and sean bouchard hit a two-run jack to kill his win and i now have a sean bouchard jersey like and i mean i mean i i was watching the most random things like you know, My favorite part is he wasn't even on your team. He didn't. No, even, no, I didn't like, need he him. Didn't get I that need homer him to kill someone him. else's win. Yes, that's my um, favorite part about that story. Wait, yeah, like it was just like, and like I mean, we spend you know six months of a season and you know three or four months of prep, like, and it all comes down to like a random player up against a random pitcher. I, I think it was up against Al- Alcala, like nobody's rostering either of these guys in fantasy and like that's the way like i get that win um but like i mean yeah i mean every year we hear i mean i lost a main event league or i I lost third place in a main event league uh, in the 2020 season on the last pitch of the regular season like 
you know, Eugenio Suarez getting hit. It's amazing. For, like, it's you know, really Oscar, is. You know? It's so fascinating. You know, we have all these different ways we play. Everyone has a different approaches. Some guys use a projection system. Some guys don't. And yet we all, at the, at the last days of the season, we end up with similar stats and that change outcomes of leagues. It's really, it's really wild. That's why, you know, I started off playing fantasy with mostly head to head, but Roto to me, it's like you get that full year, um, you know, like gratification too. like you put in the work and you build this team. And even if it's not going well, you still like attacking it, you know, you still want to improve your points. And then like, again, that last day can completely change so much, which is, I I think another lesson that was taught this year or gets reinforced every year, I guess, is how long the season is because you talk about roto and people want to they want to mail it in in june right i'm not doing well i'm in last i'm out on this team and i think the biggest issue is multi-teamers will start to give short shrift to their lower end teams if they have you know seven eight plus teams because they aren't doing well and you're really not out of it way deeper than june let's just say right every circumstance is different you can lose a bunch of guys etc etc but the stories that we're telling here about the one run here the one hit there really underscore how important it is to make those friday weekend changes Mm -hmm. for an fbc or to not miss a fab and listen life comes up you miss a fab because your, your your kid got sick and that took your weekend i'm never gonna clown anybody on that you know that family comes uh, way more important than fantasy baseball but in terms of trying to win you know you really got to grind out uh each week of that six months uh because it can come down to something so small and then you're going to be looking back and be like oh remember that one friday afternoon that i didn't check the roster and see that so-and-so was out and my replacement scored three runs and i ended up losing by two runs you know that shit would be killer so it is a six-month grind for a reason, but it really pays off at the end when you win by that small margin. hundred percent. Like even even like slow starts. I remember one and in my one league, I was just like talking in 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 our chat with you know uh, Steve and Phil and Toby, and I was like, man, your team just like really out of the gate in like four or five weeks. It was just shit. And like Toby's like just just like one simple line is what Toby does though. He's like a steady in hand and he's like really like the voice of reason. He's like, it's just, it, it's just variants. It's just variants. Mm-hmm. Like all your guys have gotten off the slow start. It happened to be like all of them at slow start. And like in three weeks, you know, I gained like 15 points and it wasn't because I made any major moves. It was because like all those players just, just again, started shifting toward their performance that was better than, than shitty. So if you get off to a bad start, it's not only because those guys are bad, you know, it's like, um, obviously we have to like react very quickly in, in a lot of the leagues that we're playing because that's just the pace of the world now and the pace of vanity. And, but it, it doesn't mean you have to like, do something drastic as cut like your eighth round player who's just having a bad you know exactly days and, you know you know i had that in our league it it didn't pay off i only got to fifth but i was tracking dead last for the first two months of our main event rob yeah and i kept telling justin that this team is not that bad and i refused to give up and i made a push i got as high as i, th- I think i even touched third or tied for third for a period and then it was gone. You, Vic, and and Posma were up there one, two, three for the bulk of the year. I know. I think I tied fourth with Zeidman there. Uh, we were both tied for fourth, and I thought I could make a run. And they fizzled out again late. But it really taught me, like, hey, this is such a long season. You cannot get deterred with a team that sucks in May. I'm talking like flat out sucks. I was dead last in May, 
and I, I put in the exact same effort as if that team had been in first. And it's hard, but you have to understand that variance. 100%. Um, think about players, too. C.J. Abrams, pickup of the year. And I don't blame anybody who cut him. I truly don't. He was justifiably cut in every league format in June. When you're taking a, a mid-600s OPS, no power, and a little bit of speed, I don't blame anybody for cutting him. And then he's the pickup of the year because of how well he played down the stretch. And it just shows you how long the season is. Tristan Casas, another guy you could have feasibly cut early on without anybody really dogging you out. But his underlying metrics said, there's more power here. Try to wait it out as long as you can. And he had a big second half. And we see it all the time with guys. And so if I can just underscore it, don't give up early. That's the worst thing you can do, especially you, know, you invest money in a league at least play it play it out 100 percent, yeah absolutely and yeah you did you went you had 62 points in week 10 you ended up at 96 you know and like you just like you said you clawed your way in there and um that's just the way you have to do it you know because and that's fun too like oh yeah i uh, felt pretty you know, that's the best fifth place finish it's, i ever it's had a great feeling <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, exactly you know but but you learned from that you know like exactly. i remember the first the first year i ever played roto there was the, my my former home league had a had a um a second half award for the most point improvement you know and it was my first time playing Voto and I was like sitting in tenth I went up to six but I got that second half improvement but I was like I went to math I did the work I'm like okay I can I can go here and here I need to do this this and this and I did it and I executed and I was like oh this is amazing yeah. like and, like, and getting that fun. experience <laughs> yeah, for yes. when you're in a stretch run you'll yeah. know how to do it because the the Believe it or not, we were actually in the, the uh, main event together the year I won it, too. Yes. Yeah. We just keep getting placed together. That end game <laughs> was way more difficult than I thought it was going to be. And thankfully, I had my Sherpa Dusty Wagner there to help me out because he was thinking four or five moves ahead. They talk about 4D chess. My man was playing 5D chess yeah. to help me out there and give me some suggestions on things that could creep up on you because you don't think about the points that might be three, four weeks off. And that's yes. one of his strengths is that he can see that coming. He's saying, you're, you're fine now. You have a seven SB lead, but your best base dealer just went out and <clears throat> these three teams could catch you. So you should focus on this now. And I don't remember what the category was, but it was stuff like that. And so even going through those grinds to yeah. fight from 10th to 6th will help you be equipped when you're trying to fight from 3rd to 1st or to hold on to 1st after an August, you know, uh, after you get up there in August or something. And that's what happened with me in that league. Um, I I made a concerted effort to make a whip move. I was like, I think I was 7th in whip um, right behind Dave. And I went to like five starters and four relievers for like three weeks and i mm -hmm. made the move i made a move and i kept not i kept the eye on k's and i was like okay i'm like i can't get too far behind um didn't get behind but then just that last week everyone just had this moment that they just leap and i i it was amazing what i did that week too like talk about projecting out everyone's starting team you know i was using everything vast ball steamer and I, and I was like okay this guy's gonna get 67k this this team might get 70 and how I close did the projections come to that they were the pretty weekly. good they were that's, they were pretty nice. good except for the ones that like what you know the the starts that were missed you yeah. know um but on a like a per uh a per inning level it was it was really close and um you know and then that and now like in the offseason i'm like should i do this every week you know <laughs> It's like, I mean, is, you, you is this what the winners leagues. do? Is this yeah. what the overall winners? 
Because <laughs> I'm not doing this every no, week. No, not know? every single See, week. See, but they got an really algorithm where they can just press the button and it. Yeah, right? fucking algorithms. God damn it. Uh, all right, so Justin, you you got into making a projection system. So I wanted to know, like, you know, how did you how did you do that? Like, what did you start from? Did you follow like someone's advice, or you know, and, and like just for like anyone who maybe thinks that it might be something they can't do, you know, maybe some inspiration to anyone who can do it. So mine is very rudimentary. It is not nearly as good as like fills or steamer or um, you know the bad or even atc like i'm not i can't like i don't know enough about excel i need to take like a an advanced excel course at some point to like press a button have it like populate so like how i do it is i take last year's stats uh well really what i do is i, I take a blank spreadsheet i put all the players names i look up what their position eligibility is going to be as soon as the season ends um and then i kind of look at last year's stat line um, and I start moving it around. I start looking at all the underlying stats that are important to me and I start going, okay, you know, do, was this guy lucky? Was this guy unlucky? What is, what does the underlying numbers tell me? And I player by player go through every single player in major league baseball. Um, and it takes forever uh, <laughs> it sounds like it does so like i mean because i mean like you guys are talking about like rabbit holes like i can like i might start like you know looking at a player and go well this player is you know pretty steady you know he's gonna put up 30 home runs and 100 rbis every year and you know 280 batting average and like i'll find one stat that just doesn't make sense to me and you know maybe it's like well, you know, he's he's always struck out at a, you know, 27% rate, but his, you know, swing strike rate is really, really low. Like, and then, you know, I'll end up spending an hour on that one player, which I can't really afford to do. So um, <laughs> it is not something that I think the the vast majority of people, like 99% of people uh, should do uh, <laughs> because <laughs> it just, it takes forever. And um, you have to, like, this is why, you know, from usually about October until, you know, the beginning of March, I'm working until three or four o'clock in the morning because it takes me that long to kind of go through every single player. So, um, and I'm, I'm really far behind because I got sick this year. So like I just finished catcher. Um, uh, so I'm hoping to have the rest of my offense done so I can really dig into pitching, uh, you know, here in the next uh, week or two. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I, like I said, I wouldn't recommend it. I, I think there are really good projection systems out there for free or that if you want to pay for some, uh, they're really good ones you can go out and pay for. Uh, I think what most people should do though, is when they find their favorite projection system, they shouldn't just rely upon it. Right. Like yeah, you shouldn't just, yeah, you shouldn't just print out the bat. Uh, or print out ATC or, you know, Rasball and go, well, this is my draft list. I'm, you know, I'm running the yeah. numbers through this. You should go and you should go in really. Um, Cause I mean, the process for me is about finding where I disagree with the other. Cause what, when I'm done with my projection system um, or my projections, I, I compare them and I go, okay, well, I think this player, you know, last year it was TJ Friedel. Like, I think this player, you know, 
is worth like $10 more than everybody else. So why? And it gives me an opportunity to challenge myself mm-hmm. and go and go, okay, do I actually buy that? Or is this bias that I'm not able to get around? Um, and why, why are they wrong and I'm right? Or why am I wrong and they're right? And it gives me an opportunity to really kind of challenge what I believe and what I don't believe. Um, and I think it gave me a better understanding of who I was really in on and who I was really out on. And then I, I have to mention Tanner Bell's spreadsheet because I took my projections and then I put them in Tanner Bell's spreadsheet and it gave me dollar amounts yeah. or, you know, eight, you know, what should be my ADP. Um, yeah, the SGP spreadsheet, right? Yeah, it's, it's, and it's, it's dynamite. It is the best $17 you will spend every draft season. Um, 100%. Even if you're going to use someone else's projections, uh, and uh, I think that was a ma- had a massive um, inf- uh, influence on how great my season was this uh, this last year. Yeah, I think that's so important to plug that in in into a system like that. You know, you have to have some some sense of of, of value and rankings. You know, not that they say you can't mm-hmm. succeed just by not using a projection system, but just. Like you said, just to confirm a bias that you have, or confirm what you see in a player's skill set, because it's you know it's there. And I hundred percent agree. You know, I, I I have my SGP values, and they spit out, and I'm like, I'm not going, I'm not going down the list and just drafting um, every single guy in order because some of them I just don't agree with. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's important to do. And whether that comes with tweaking the plate appearances, you know, um, or, or just seeing something that doesn't make sense. Like you said, a K rate, that's like, uh, the guy right now I keep, I keep thinking about is, um, big Jack on the pirates. Uh, Swinsky. Swinsky, he's got 32% strikeout rate, but he's like, Oh, his swing and strike percentage is yeah. only 10 and a half. Like what's he doing? Is he struggling in three, two counts? Like, is he getting behind and like not shortening his swing and just all those things. And, and that's, that can be another rabbit hole. It's like you said, you just keep, yeah. keep going down. Um, Paul, do you make your own as well? Or do you, um, follow? Um, no, I, I did this psychotic own. process last year too by hand. <laughs> um, I don't think I'm going to do it again this year. I, I don't, I don't, it was a lot. Yeah. I enjoyed it and it was a good way to learn the pool. Uh, I will use my DCs to learn the pool. I will use the rankings that we're doing at fan graphs where I'm deep diving more positions than just pitchers. Um, I, I will learn the pool other ways because it was a lot and I haven't even started and it's too late now. So I will start with like, you know, I'll have the Tanner Bell sheet, start with steamer, make some alterations, but I'm fine. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't get as much, uh, as many dividends from it as Justin did though, either. So whether, whether it's, you know, correlation versus causation or not, if I had as much success as Justin did last year, I'd be doing it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not, so I'm going to say I'll use that time elsewhere and just go with everyone else's projections. I don't know if it was my projections, but it's enough time commitment for me to use the lack of overwhelming success to not do it again. Right. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think I think like for me, not not doing one just allows me to like look at the projections, look at the SGP value, and then dive into each player from there, and then. Mm-hmm. And then, then I just make like a, a green, yellow, or red next to the guy's name. Like, exactly. I believe this. I'm I'm like indifferent, and I don't believe it. You know, like, and then I just that's how I'll draft. You know. Um, yeah, because there's a there's literally a million ways to win this yes, game, right? Like, 100%. I know the adage. I think it's probably Ron Chandler who came up with it. Because when in doubt, it's probably Ron Chandler. 
but every <laughs> every system works with the right players and that's so true every yep. idea that you have works if the players perform that year which means you can do whatever you want like I, and that's why i'm you know whatever strategy you want and um i'm going to use somebody else's projections this year and make them alterations like you do rob yep absolutely so you mentioned dcs have you uh, how many have you guys done so far or or involved with right now two for me and today finishing like this is going i don't know when this goes up but we've, we're recording this on january 11th just finished the sp ranking so our rankings are done i'm celebrating by joining the league so i'm going to join i'm going to join the dc my third Ooh, i'm in a two-hour one if you want to hop in oh which one maybe i'll do that right now two uh two hour 150. Four, okay. it's four people in you got jorge's in there a little jack kitchen uh i'm uh i i did three gladiators okay. um the gladiators finished so quickly every year um and i'm always bummed because i'm like oh every year this is only the second year but I, yeah, your point but, is yeah. well taken it will finish every year <laughs> it will um early uh and so i am that's by design right because they don't want yeah. too much info to happen for the people who would draft late then their teams are going to be radically different and better so you, if you did another set wouldn't you kind of have to do a separate overall i think it with takes them? away away too much from i people think they don't want it to do that's also DC a point too yeah. yeah yeah so i'm fine yeah. with just the one period of it i got two in i'm good go ahead justin i, I love how you. it just like it kept me in it I didn't like mm -hmm. I took some time off, but it was also like I, 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 I didn't want to because it was there. And I think that was also like a huge benefit of of the Patreon and the Discord. It's like so many people were doing it and that we yep. never really fell out of it. And then everyone was continuously on the player evaluation train right from when the season ended. So we're in the playoffs and we're drafting fucking teams and and uh, you know, we never really got out of it. So it it was like a just like a destination where everyone was continuously talking about fantasy baseball. I'm like this is this is great. And I think that's that's an awesome like gladiators put that whole spin on fantasy baseball now being full year could not only just like back in the day it was only just like dynasty and keeper leagues were like oh that was the thing about them right it's it'll mm -hmm. keep you involved all year round but now the gladiators came and just like mm -hmm. here we go <laughs> it doesn't end it's, it's such a fun draft too you it know is. last year we did them and i'm sure most people had the experience where the gladiator they thought was the best did not perform the best <laughs> and i literally had the opposite where the one i was like oh this is a piece of shit was the one i had hanging right around the money all year long yep because the battle of attrition right you don't know who you're gonna lose 100 100 uh, so yeah i'm dc's uh, i mean i did three gladiators uh i did one of the i did the dc that we're about to restart i think soon yeah, in AFL. that's gotta be coming. Um, and I'm into DCs at two hour to four hour right now. Um, only because like I usually only like to do one draft at a time, uh, just because I, I tend to, you know, busy and so tend to kind of forget I need to like check and see if I'm on the clock. Um, but like there was such a good group of a bunch of people in the industry uh who were joining a DC yesterday. It was like you know, Bloomfield and, and Bubba and Curlin and waxman and john fish and um and joe rico like and so i was like well all right fine. oh i saw i saw that i think i saw that too late on twitter yeah so i'm in the 18th round of one and then uh and i'm about to pick hoping jd martinez uh doesn't get sniped right here and then um <laughs> i'm uh 
in I think the fifth or sixth round of the other one where I've uh, really liked to start J Rod, Eloise Castillo, Vlad, uh, Tariq Skubal, and Jordan Monik. Did you so, nice. Rob? Did you join the one with a star next to it? I can't tell which one is which. I joined one, but I don't know if I joined yours. I I don't know. Is there a star? I don't see a star. Maybe it has a star now that I joined it. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You you're, in. you're in. Yeah. You're okay. in. I see you. Where cool. do you see the names? You can always go to league signups where, uh, you know, in the lobby, there's a tab for, for uh... hit. Once you hit lobby on the top right above the chat, it says contest signups. Yeah. Uh huh. You hit that tab. Um, and then sort by your contest. Go to, and yeah. Go to football. Yours. I mean, sorry. Go to baseball. Go to draft champions. And then you go, you see everyone who's assigned to every single league, which is pretty Got cool. Got it. Yep, I'm in there then. It's yeah. how I pick nice. my main event leagues. Yeah, that's smart. I, 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 I when like I go to sign up, I see John Posma or, you know, Jupinka uh, or Casey Chaw. I go, I'm not joining that one. And I just I learned my lesson after my first year in the main event where I had like three Hall of Famers in my league. Yeah. Um, and they whooped me. Uh, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I, I don't go up against people, you know, like Phil. Uh, I took both of my main events, live. both my main events in Vegas last year, and Paul's been in both of them. I'm like, Jesus Christ, yeah. I'm going home. I'm, I'm also, <laughs> I'm also not going to do a Vegas main event uh, okay. this year. Uh, uh, like, don't get me wrong, I enjoy like the live main. It's really, really fun. But man, those that room is ridiculous. It doesn't matter what table you get sat at. Like that yeah. room is ridiculous. Yeah, um, yeah. But to me, that's like part of what I want. Like I, I want to play in the World Series. You know, I don't want to play in AAA. Like I, I, not I'm, that I'm saying, okay like, playing AAA. <laughs> not that I'm saying like any league will be like you know any you know considerably you know worse. Maybe some of them will. I don't know. But like I'm, I'm, I'm doing two mains. I'm going to Vegas and I want to draft live. Like I, I don't like drafting at home. I'm sitting in my fucking room and I'm like, this is stupid. Like I want to be around people. I love the feeling. I get so much more focused, believe it or not. I'm the kind of guy who'll pay a bill in the middle of like around you know i'm like hey whatever i got some time i'll bring up jcp and and whack out a you know a 57 dollar fucking electric bill and i'm like why am i doing this you know so i don't want that distraction i want to be live i want to be focused and i think it was last year we did an auction we had an auction keeper league on the nfbc not too many of them i don't know this was like a special league and we we were we were hanging out on zoom and um J jason anthony Dusty was on it, and um, I had a couple of phone calls, and like Jason A's like, are you taking phone calls? I'm like, yeah, I also just paid a bill. They're like, throwing an auction draft? I'm like, yeah, I need to be live, man. I got too many things. I got posted. So much shit every... going yeah, on. I got too many things, too many distractions at home. That's why I want to be live, but I just truly... Um... I truly I love that. the live experience. If I end up back in Vegas, it's 100% due to the auctions. Yeah, um, okay. Cool. Like, the auctions for me... Um, one are just so well run by nfpc yeah um and two like I, I i agree that's like for me like doing an online like doing an online auction is fine like there's nothing wrong with it necessarily but it is not uh it is just not the same energy as yeah. like and and i and i love that energy it's one of the reasons i love tout wars and i go out to new york every year for tout wars like um and like if i do go back to vegas this year it's I, I will do two auctions in Vegas um, instead of doing one auction and like a main or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
So what do you guys like to do for your like hitter pitcher splits? Uh, how how balanced are you toward the pitcher side, the batter side, and like catchers? You know, everyone has a different way they attack it. Some people like to get the four, some people okay with three. And also too, I want to know what's the worst category you feel like when you have to chase. You know, when you're like, fuck, I can't believe I need more of this right now. The, In a DC, could, yeah, yeah, I can answer that one right away. It's definitely saves <laughs> because yeah, 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 yeah. It, after the good ones are gone, like what the frick are you gonna do, dude? and everyone that's in my league don't touch shelby miller okay because he's a tiger he's a guy i've loved and You're now they're tiger. talking about closing <laughs> they're okay. talking about closing him yeah, so yeah, leave him like alone that. i'm also quite big on jeff hoffman mm -hmm. um, um, and that th this is not an anti jose alvarado take i think he's a stud uh but as a lefty we know there's a lefty bias against closers uh, so Anthony Deming is pretty good too in Philly, but I think Jeff Hoffman could be sneaky. But yeah, it's definitely saves. If I by, I'll I'll always have at least one. I, there's never a DC where I don't have one good closer because I I will pay up. But if I don't get my two, oh my god, I hate it. I especially in the winter, right? Because we don't really have a good feel for who the setups are. There's usually free agents and trades to be done with relievers, so it's particularly difficult. I can catch up more in a March draft because we got bullpen set. We have an idea. But if I'm chasing saves in a DC, I feel really crappy about it. And then also too, like if there's if there's three or four people in your draft that are are kind of like waiting and speculating later, and yep. like maybe you each have one or none, um, then it's like I'll just get Jordan Hicks at three fifteen, and Jordan <laughs> Hicks goes at two sixty, and you're like, what? Exactly. And then mm -hmm. and like I'll just get Robert Stevenson at three fifteen, and then he Gone. goes at. 280 and you're like what and then now you're just like i guess i'll just take jason foley in round 45. <laughs> exactly know, like, and just, i'm like great and then that, yeah, i'll get his yeah, seven 100%. saves for the tigers <laughs> listen his seven saves were huge last year on a couple of my dcs he was he, he, was he did have he did have some things yeah. going on he justin did, what's your favorite what's your difficulty uh chasing i mean i think i mean uh, the obvious answer is the one you guys said right it, it saves but i think the one that maybe isn't as uh, paid attention to his batting average yep. um in dc's yeah. like when i was one. when i like when i was looking at um like the breakdown of like the 90th percentile 80th percentile 70 percent 60 percentile the biggest drop-offs where you could lose points in percentiles um the quickest or the easiest because like the gaps were just uh you know so small was batting average um and like and so one of the things i've I didn't do so well with one of the, the one of the DCs I'm in right now, but um, I've done well with my gladiators and then uh, with my other DC I've done um, is really like give myself a really, really good batting average floor to start off my draft. Yeah. Which, um, prior to like playing an NFBC, I was the punt batting average guy. Did, like I yep. put a batting average in like every single league um, prior to, you know, no but now, baby. but with overalls, you can't do that. And so I've gone like the opposite way. It's kind of like, um, you know, same thing like with injury risk, right? I used to be like, oh, yeah, I love injury risk. Let's go. Like, you know, I'm going to light my money on fire here. And now I'm like the exact opposite, right? Like if anybody's ever had a hangnail in their life, like I'm not touching them. <laughs> so it only uh, took one main event for you only to took starkly lighting $1,700 on fire one time. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I'll never live it down. But uh, yeah, for me, batting average, once you get bad saves, is the one that where I go, okay, I got to make sure I hit that early. Can I piggyback a little bit on that um, and say also playing time? 
can also mm -hmm. be a little sneaky one and it's related to the batting average because first off it's already tough to find batting average late and then if you do it's usually some small sample guy that you don't know how much he's even going to impact it so getting that high volume batting average early on is also important that's why i love somebody like marcus Semyon so much is because you know he might he might not hit 300 every year but even his 275 for 700 plate appearances, um, it, which ends up being like 680, 670 uh, at-bats is really, really good. And it's a great foundation. And then to answer one other question that you had asked about catchers, it's usually four for me unless I get an absolute big dog, which I'm not against, by the way, I'll, I'll go for an Adley uh, and then I'll probably do three, but it, it's usually four even with a stud. Uh, just because you don't want to be taking zeros there because go back to what we said earlier about everything being decided by one run or one, uh, you know, third decimal of a batting average. Taking zeros can be that. Now, I know with backup catchers, sometimes maybe the zero is better than like the one for 40 that they might give you. Yes. But generally, you're just going to want generally, the counting yeah. that they give you. So yeah. I don't like to be caught there. So more often than not, even with an Adley or or a will smith i'm probably still taking four but every once in a while i'll do three if i've got one of the big dogs yeah and i think you know that's that's what like one of the biggest things that really rounded out my game in using in uh tanner's SG, sgp sheet if you want to make your own um it's just you know how he has it broken down to each category so you could like you know you could look at a 285 hitter and a 265 hitter and be like okay like that's both decent averages but then mm -hmm. you see how like there might be a like a one and a half standing game points difference in that total SGP. And that doesn't sound a lot, but we just went through how we lost leagues by one point. Exactly. Right? And and it's and like that's what I really love looking at. Like I've been more focused on those columns this year than ever. Um and like you said, Justin, really trying to get um just like anchors at the top because then if you if you don't, then you just like trying to you can't come back but you can just not like keep getting worse, you know? So you can't like really just make it up with Jeff McNeil and you can get better with it, but you know, you just, it's really tough to, um, you, you can't um, make it up unless you take a huge deficiency somewhere else. Somewhere like, else. Yeah, right. Cause they'll be yeah. empty. A any yeah. good batting average late is empty or small yeah. sample. Like I was saying earlier. So yeah, if you get McNeil and two other guys like him, sure. But there's your, well, you know, 27 homers from three roster spots. You can't do that. <laughs> yep. Yep. hundred percent. Um, are you guys feel like you're drafting more prospects this year? Um, because of that huge influx that we had last year, or are you still trying to like, we preach it against it a decent yeah. bit. Like I think it, I don't want to speak entirely for Justin so he can expound, but I think what, something on the show is I try to make sure that people understand that it's very risky and I might be a little bit more risky in my own drafts. And it's not a practice. What you, it's not that I don't practice what I preach. It's just that I don't want people to think that that's the best strategy is to go get four or five prospects on every DC because we're not going to have a banner year every year. And even within the banner year, there were guys that flopped. How's that Taj Bradley 350 bucks I spent working out for me, right? Everyone talks about the hits. They don't talk about the misses. And so I do think rookies are more viable than ever. You have to be ready to draft a double A player in a, a DC because they could be up very quickly, but I'm still not going crazy with it. And that goes back to the playing time piece I talked about. Give me some crusty ass guy who's gonna find 450 plate appearances in Oakland over some hot prospect yeah, who good. is like Jackson Merrill, for example, in San Diego. 
he, he's 20. He peaked at double A. People are already kind of talking about him. Yeah, he could make an impact this year, but I think I'd rather go for that guy who's going to get the playing time in KC or Oakland, a, a lesser type team. So um, I, I still don't dive in head first, but I, I will be open probably to a little bit more than Justin, who I think is pretty stridently against getting too many prospects. Yeah. So um, I will draft what I will draft five what I like to call either dart throws or caveats. Like, you know, if, if you have to start off your rationale for drafting someone with if, if <laughs> then I'll draft five of those in a 50 round DC, right? Five ifs. If this guy gets up, if this guy stays healthy, if this guy does, you know, if this guy learns how to lift the ball. Um, and so I'll draft five of those because I, I think people forget that 50 players, like that's all you get throughout the mm -hmm. season. And uh, if a bunch of those are injured at the same time, or you have a, a rash of injuries or demotions uh, before your hot prospect gets called up, you might take a zero or a bunch of zeros mm -hmm. and you will not recover from that. If you, if you go and look through like, you know, Rob won DC overall, other people who've run DC overalls. Those teams are remarkably boring for the most part. Like, obviously there are hits, right? You know, I think the year you, you did it, you had like a closer and like that ended up getting like 20 something saves and like, oh, the, yeah. you know, that was 39th Ryan, round or something like that. That was uh, round 26, 27. Ryan Presley and um, nice. um, um uh, uh, Boston Red Sox. Um, Matt, Matt Barnes. Barnes. Matt yeah. Barnes. Yeah. So and, like, and and that was also um, Teoscar, like and like pick mm -hmm. 500 and Corbin Burns too, and like picks 500. Yeah, that's went disgusting. Ham. Yeah, set of like, right there. Pick 500 yeah. is where you should be taking that gamble, right? Yeah. Like, um, you know, like. If and if you take those gamble, if you take like the Wyatt Langford gamble, or you take, and I'm not opposed to it, or the Jackson Holiday gamble, like no, because you've done it twice. You know, like <laughs> if if you take those gambles, you cannot take as many of those 500, you know, pick gambles, gambles, yeah. right? You need to really limit yourself because, you know, like I mean, I've had leagues where like, oh man, I'm starting Eric Sogard because I lost Tatis and I lost, you know, and you know, or in. And that happened in May. Yeah. Right. It, it, like, it that's another thing we preach is like, it happens sooner than you think. Mm -hmm. And then you're taking those early zeros desperate for somebody to come up or get off the IL for so, you. So, yeah. yeah. So I'll take five caveats. If you want to take five caveats, like, I think that is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but um, I'm much more of a volume guy now than I, than I was when I first started playing DCs. And for yeah, me, it's about those boring Jason Hayward types the the you know um uh the patrick corbin types like you know like as opposed to like the guy that is probably not going to see the majors yeah i don't have it yeah. as mapped out on that but one thing i will say is none of my ifs if i am in the four or five range will be guys that are going to have an injury to start the season I'm not inviting that on a 50 round draft yeah. and hold i might make a little leeway in a waiver league in a fab league where i can work around it but even then Probably not, but in a DC, if you are out, I don't care. He'll be back in the second week of the season. Bullshit. I'm not taking him, <laughs> uh, especially because in a DC, you're drafting in the winter anyway. So we're saying 
a few months out that he's going to come back in two weeks. We don't know that. So no. Um, and I think Justin agrees on that, that those, none of those ifs should be injury is already there. If he comes yeah, back like, early. Max Scherzer's injury, off my board. Like, yeah. you know, like guys no like no Kershaw, yeah. mm-hmm. no, nobody guys, like that. There's just no world in which I'm drafting them because I'm not risking the the probability, not the possibility, the probability that they don't have pitch at all this year. Yeah. yeah, I. It depends. Like I feel like with those guys, if like they they might have a price. Like Scherzer, like in my last draft, uh, went like four forty. You know, and Ooh. I took I took the plunge there because then that's. You're, you know, that's that's a risky spot anyway around there. Like it's mm-hmm. like Dane Dunning goes, Dane Dunning goes a hundred picks ahead. Now if they both pitch a hundred innings, or even even if Scherzer pitches seventy five versus Dunning's one hundred and twenty, you still might get better value out of Scherzer. I think there's there's a price for it. It's just yeah, but like you got to be smart about when when you take it. You know, um, and, and what, li- what you and combine with it. Too. Yeah, yes, and what like, you combine with. You're not 100%. going to then go draft. Like I, I was in a main event league. Um, a couple years ago, where the guy like draft, it was the year like where like Sale and Cindergard and Severino were all like coming back from Tommy John, but they weren't going to come back until mm-hmm. like you know mid season. And he drafted all of them, yes, yes. And it's like that. you can't field a roster, no, yeah, you, like you, you know, you, 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 you're gonna have to drop on those guys, like just don't don't load up all that risk together, absolutely. And I for the prospects, I feel like you know I'll I'll mm-hmm. take my shots with them. Um, I feel like there's 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 risk at each spot. Like of course there's risk with Langford and like Jackson Holiday. Um, mm-hmm. I took Camonero in a draft, but like my first eight hitters were all like studs. You know, like in terms of playing time, the like average steals. I had everything and. I was like, you know what? I'll, I think he fell to like 270, and I just took him. Like, it was his max in the yeah. last month, and I'm like, I could deal with it if it's just one guy I have at the top that, you know, might have some risk to him to start the season. Um, and then for, like, the back end, uh, you know, I feel like there's a lot of risk in those middle guys, too, like a Koth Keith. It's like 350 isn't, like, isn't cheap, and exactly. obviously you can still free. take a shot there. Yeah, yeah, it's not free at all, and the profile may look good, and he, may, he should quote unquote probably start over somebody at second base, right? I don't know. But also too, if it takes a while for him to get up or if he struggles and he goes back down, that's a big pick around there that you, you know, um you can go elsewhere with. And then like the back end, um, I don't know. There's like because I do a lot of DCs and I have a lot of different builds, like I feel good enough to stay not so rigid in in the approach, you know. So like my one DC, I had three starting pitchers after six rounds. I had five after ten, um, and it was really strong at the top. So like my last five pitchers were all rookies, you know, all prospects in rounds forty three to forty eight. Like I was like, I'll I don't mind taking those guys back then where I can. Um, I hope we don't have to use so much of them. So I think it's good to just look at your, like the team context as you're drafting and not so much like before the draft say, this is the way I'm going to do it. You know, if it folds mm-hmm. out where you're like, oh, I definitely need to take Patrick Corbin here because I might need some innings, you know, because um, Corbin, listen, you're going to use him once or twice a year if you draft yep. him. There's, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> there's no doubt yep. about it. I had it. a couple of DCs where he was like, 
like, you know, in September, he was front and center in my rotation because I had nine healthy pitchers. Like, hundred um, percent. I went back and look at some of like some of the guys who I fabbed in the main event for pitching. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Okay. If I'm fabbing these guys, I should probably be drafting a similar yep. style later on in the DC because at some point they'll, they'll, they'll definitely um, be useful. So, um, so the NT has a new format, the champions league. Are you guys going to get involved or what? What's going on here? I'll Maybe? answer this one first. I am not. Okay. Um, All right. Mostly because I'm not going to play no the Rotowire online championship. Okay. If you guys, had, if you, know, you and Toby, uh, guys who put it together, I think it's a great thing. I think it's really cool. Um, uh, but if it had been like a, a DC, an auction, and a main, I probably would have done it. Um, but yeah. I'm not very good at. There's three uh, people who signed up who never played in the NFBC, man. Come that's on. That's crazy. That's insane. That's I amazing, love, though. That's I like that's like, amazing, that's like part but... of the spirit that Toby wanted to get from the mm-hmm. contest, too, is bring out like people who's like heard it, I guess, somewhere and probably my podcast and just be like, oh, like let's let's do it. You know, like I mean, and I I think I cool. probably will fold to the pressure at some Yeah, point. do it. Um, Come on. Because I need you I'm, guys in it, I'm man. We want everyone to get involved with this. It's gonna be dope. I'm I'm actually talking with with a buddy. All right, and, uh, with your buddy. We may well we may well uh, show Do our faces it. in there. He's better Do than it. me too, so I, I can afford to. Well, I know I the mean, buddy GM, GM. Oh, Byron to clear. Shut the fuck up. How about that? Your buddy GM. that far. Yeah, Greg and I've been talking about it. He's a good boy. Yeah, love Greg. And so yeah, if I can latch on with somebody who's really good, then I can pretend like I'm good too. No, I think it's that's really what Justin cool, did like... by joining my podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I yeah. got no problem r- riding coattails. Um, yeah, I mean, I may, I may come around at some point and, and do maybe a late. Entry. Once Greg and um, I join, Justin will join. Don't worry, we'll agitate uh, him enough to. Yeah, I think, I think because I, I think like if you guys get involved, you guys have a huge following. Like, I think you could really spur some a whole bunch of good signups too, like extra signup for because like right now the the pot's at about nineteen thousand, you know, total, which would be like the winners pot would be like about eleven, twelve thousand for the 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 Champions League itself, which is twenty twenty five. You know, so that's already approaching like the amount that you would win in a. 2.5 super league right mm-hmm. you know so like that's that's a really and i just think like you know i don't know me and randy haynes are gonna cover it during the season and i just can't wait to like it's just i don't know i'm doing my clq right now i'm doing my dc clq right now and i've never been more indecisive with my picks all fucking season <laughs> for this draft i'm and like second that, like, i know there's pressure i don't know and... if i want that pressure man like i um on top I'm... of it i drew round I, I drew pick 15 you know and i'm like motherfucker <laughs> you know i i spread the butter to i went one through 15 in the kds and i get 15 and i'm like don't you know That's i'm tough. doing my clq uh but every pick every pick i'm like second guessing myself um like why am i doing this why am i it why does I... add an extra level to the, to the drafts that you choose I for that i know i know it's I great know. it's great it's great and i know like i'm using my clq in vegas on my main again because i'm not doing one on the computer That's so champions I... league qualifier for people that don't know what you're yeah, talking about champions league qualifier you get your three pack you get your main event you get your online championship um and you get your dc and 
that's that the team you have to choose the like you enter the draft and you have to use it when you enter the draft you, you have to like, say it yeah, yeah like declare yeah. it you don't look back at the draft and say oh i dominated this one Let this will be, be mine yeah it's yeah. way better by having to declare by the way 100 percent. and and the nfbc did really cool you can't even change your team name like it says di pietro clq like i couldn't change that to meatball parmesan like, like it, it stays it stays like that you can't even edit it so i like that yeah yeah it's very good they did it really official and um i'm really excited for it so i hope you guys get involved i think it's going to be really dope um so justin you you mentioned the auctions um what was your overall strategy last year? Did you do more like a stars and scrubs, a spread the risk guy? I kind of like I I like the whole fact of maybe doing stars stars and scrubs within like a pitcher or batter balance. Like I've been more inclined to maybe try to think about doing stuff like that rather than like an overall like like I'm make gonna... one side stars and scrubs and then the other side balanced. Correct. Like I pitcher like, like like pitcher stars and scrubs and then like hitter balance. You know that's what I'd be more inclined to do as a baseline but yeah. justin can speak to it because he's a winner and a longtime player <laughs> in this format um so i the beauty of my auction strategy is i come in with my values right i did my projections i run the tanner sheet it spits out this is what each player is worth in in my eyes right um and uh i go in and I mean, I definitely have like benchmarks in terms of like, you know, I want maybe, you know, a $30 pitcher and this and that. Um, but for the most part, I just go by whatever the room is doing. Right. I, I'm taking value everywhere I can. And then about, you know, once my team is maybe like a third of the way assembled after I've just extracted as much value as I can, um, I start coming up with a game plan. So. Uh, in terms of like how I'm going to put this puzzle together the rest of the way. Um, so it's really room by room dependent. Uh, I tend to, uh, at least in NFBC, um, how it has worked out uh, so far is I tend to be more, I tend to draft teams that look like they're more spread the risk, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Um, because there's always someone who wants this pay. I mean, I saw someone spend $64 on Acuna the other day. Like I'm never gonna be that guy. It's like it's crazy. so yeah, um, it's hard to do. And there's always those players every year, you know, like two or three guys in your auction or gals in your auction that like go, that's my guy. I'm spending whatever. And so I end up being the guy who um spreads the risk around because there's gonna come a part of the auction where uh everybody is afraid to spend money now, right? They may not be out of money, but they're afraid to spend it because they want to save a couple bucks for the end. So I tend to dominate the middle of an auction. Uh, like in Tout Wars, like I didn't buy a player for the first hour or something like that. Um, yeah, that's willpower, right? You, uh, yeah, I was just about to say, how do you do It's Listen, really boring. You're going to crush the smoking thing then if you've got yeah. that kind of willpower because... <laughs> I can't. I don't smoke, and I I don't have the willpower it, to not buy. Well, at least in the first then, hour. back when I was smoking, like I could walk out. That, and go out back when that was like, two days yeah. ago. <laughs> back when, yeah. all the way back. This like is I, a different person I'm talking I, about. Back I, as I the old Justin. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. So I tend to be very uh, patient and kind of wait for my spots, uh, and I think this is another good year for that. Uh, because especially on the pitching side, like I think there's a lot of really, really good. There are going to be a lot of really, really good deals 
in kind of the middle tiers of pitching. Yeah, because so, everyone can't be 20 bucks, and there's a billion exactly. $20 looking ass pitchers. Yeah, so I, I mean, every team is going to – the beauty of it is because you're in a different room every time, every team for me is going to look different because yeah. it's so room dependent, uh, which – I'm, I've already signed up for three um, of the online auctions uh, mm-hmm. and two of the $1,500 auctions. Um, so I'm really excited. Uh, I'm going to live stream an auction here probably in the next couple weeks. Nice. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if I can get enough people to sign up for one that I can, you know, at, at a time that I can, where I can live stream. So, yeah, with a group uh, that's that's following it at the same time. The, the beauty yeah. between our Discord and the pull hitter Discord, I think I can. Russell. We can pull it off, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's amazing sure. how many just like in the same draft. Like, oh, mm-hmm. are you in this draft? And um, yeah, it's it's seeing Sting Acuna's price for 60, 62 Ooh. AAV, 64 max. It's only three drafts, but still, like, still, that's cool. That's a lot of money of your budget to spend, and I can't do that 100%. You know, it's just like seven, um, there's there's 11 batters over $40 AAV, like last year, it was three such a big difference so you know just by looking at the top that already you know what can be going on down low is 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 going to be you know mm-hmm. value city um absolutely hundred percent so dollars right there's only so many dollars i love that about the auction you know i say this i made i made my auction my last draft in vegas so i figured like whoever i don't get this fucking week in vegas i'm gonna get at this last auction right and i made a list Right, and I highlighted it, and Phil was hanging out for a little bit of the draft next to me, and he's like, "Where's the list?" So I show him the list, you know. So, um, seven, eight rounds, nine rounds in, all of a sudden, all my guys, I sh- I shaded red. Every single one of those guys that I wanted, it was like Nico Horner, it was Drew Rasmussen, um, forget who else is on the list, but every single guy who I listed. Where I was like, even going two or three dollars above their AV went five dollars. Didn't next. matter. And I was oh like, my oh god. my god! I'm like, I'm not doing this. And now I no. left. I left that draft with guys they didn't get all season. I was like, this sucks. But that's just it, they're not going to be the, the same. And that's what I love about it, you know. And it forces you to really be locked in. Like you can't take time mm-hmm. off during the draft at all. You have to no. be so tuned in to every little nook because and every player even if they even if you don't care about them can affect your ability to get the players you do want right you're talking mm-hmm. about those high-end ones i bet we see an auction where somebody spends 70 on acuna 100 right? i think, think, think about that absolutely. extra you know if he's going consistently 62 to 64 think about that extra six to eight bucks off the table that'll trickle down then somebody wants to play a little bit higher for corbin because of that so now you got two 65 pluses in a given draft it won't happen all the time but it'll happen in some and that just creates more bargains so yeah you got to pay attention the entire time in an auction auctions are amazing they're not for everybody because it's a time commitment and it's tough but once you get into them you will be obsessed i guarantee it yeah one thousand percent all right so let's run through real quick your main events from last year um i just wanted to see you know how you guys came into the year what you got out of it i know paul your offense was a little weak you alluded to the stolen bases already a little bit Mm -hmm. was a little low um and then just on the flip side you had some pretty really strong hidden 85 percentile of the overall points um but under 33 percent in k's era and whip so just like just give you a quick overall view like how you drafted and what what you did through the season all that fun stuff like i said with my main event i tried a little bit too much on spreading the steals like i said i knew i needed more so i was going for guys that i thought were going to get the extras they didn't 
and chasing was difficult while steals were more plentiful i didn't i don't recall at least off the top of my head in our league a lot of uh steel sources that were out there and not only that but i was getting enough offense from the rest of uh the categories from the guys that i might have cut that i had trouble finding cuts there too so i kind of made a decision in the summer like i gotta kind of punt speed and zach geloff ended up coming up and i was like okay well he can maybe help actually he ended up helping with the power because he just went on a crazy run you know I, I would still pick up guys that i thought could maybe run but that became less of a focus everything was focused on the other hitting categories i just wanted to make sure that those got going and my guys regressing to the mean and some performing above were part of why i was able to make that run from uh last up until up to fifth uh, a couple months into the season but it just wasn't enough offense and i think this year i will have a few more speed stabilizers because again one of the worst things people can think is like oh there's a ton more steals out there you can get them later no you need more to compete mm -hmm. and i knew that i just the guys i thought were going to get me the more didn't so it was an okay process but it was bad results because i didn't have the right guys which goes back to what we said earlier about every strategy works with the right guys. So other than that, I felt good about my pitching. I felt good about fab. I mentioned that I wasted all that money on Taj Bradley. I don't regret the process there. It just didn't quite work out. There were 10 other uh, rookie pitchers I could have bought that would have hit. I happened to get one of the few busts. That's okay. Uh, I was saying to Justin on one show, like I'll never spend that much on a rookie again lamenting some of that Taj Bradley. It's not true. I, it's I will true. pay it again. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely will. There'll be the right circumstance. That's not why I lost our league or didn't cash in it. So I will still be open to spending on the rookies, probably more in season than I will at the draft table. I still probably won't draft a ton, even in a uh, main event league at the draft table, but I will pay for them when they come up. Because you can right. have a couple $250, $300 quote unquote mistakes that don't deliver and still be fine. Yeah, and I think people overreacted on to if they were mistakes or not. Like people like Bryce Miller was a bust. I'm like, he had 25 starts of a one point. Yeah. Like, yeah, no that's way not whip. a like that's, that's not, not a bust. That's, that's a that's a pretty good guy to find on Fab. And I agree with you, the stolen base guys, the guys that killed me last year were like the Benintendi and the Rosarios, and not even because of their yep. overall um, stat line. It's because like their their quote unquote asset in steals became just middling because of yes. the rest of their profile so those kind of guys crossed off my list this year i'm like i will not be drafting that <laughs> justin what about you um so my my main event draft uh is a, a a really good showcase in it doesn't matter how much player prep you do if you poorly construct your roster um i i didn't i came in with a plan I deviated from that plan because of what I felt were early values. Um, and I did not take a starting pitcher until the sixth round. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, like, and, and like, I mean, Joe Musgrove was that guy. Um, and then I hammered starting pitching to try to make up for it and, you know, hammered it with Lance Lynn and Esther Cortez and uh, I mean, Jordan Montgomery who did work out, but Brady Singer, um, yeah. Brady Singer, like, <laughs> so like, I came in with a plan like, hey, I'm going to take I think I'm going to go hitter hitter uh, and then I'm going to hit starting pitching, you know, three, four, five. And Paul Goldschmidt fell to me a third. My boy Cedric Mullins fell to me in the fourth. And I just kept pushing yep. it back. And that was a huge mistake. And I just was never able to get enough starting pitching in that league. 
Um, and, uh, and then, I mean, it was just a, it was a roster construction mistake. Um, yeah. You know, I could have survived the 12th round Brady singer wherever, wherever I got him. Um, if I had gotten my ace up top, like I should have. Uh, so for me, it was just, it was a poor, it was probably my worst draft of the year. Um, in terms of like how I came out of that draft looking, um, and I was able to get to second place largely based on fab. Um, yeah, because I was able to, you know, fab Yuri Perez and fab other guys to, to make it work. Um, and because that league was so competitive, uh, that no one broke away until the last week of the season. Uh, and I was able to kind of just sneak up in the second place. Such a good lesson in that, man. Even on, even right now, right now in DC, I can go through the same thing where I'm like, oh, this is one of my favorite players, but I don't have such and such. And you know, like a position would be more, you know, valuable than this player that you love. Yep. But and then you walk away and you're like, you're fuck. Like I, I think I messed up there. And that's 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 such a great that's such a great lesson in in like mm-hmm. how to just really have the willpower to understand balance. <laughs> like uh, like Phil says. Um, um, he's he's a big Kadu guy. Keep all draft options open, and um, it's so like true that. because like all of a sudden you could look like oh I just nailed these first three picks like oh I have first third and corner, yep. <laughs> you know, and then you're like locked into that for your whole draft. Uh-oh. So yeah. yeah, so absolutely. Um, all right. So I know Justin, do you have what's your countdown here? How I got about. Nine minutes. Nine minutes. Okay. So let's do this fun draft. We'll skip the ADP part. I thought it'd be fun to do um, looking at ADP in draft champions from de- December 20th to yesterday. It's just going to be two two picks. I want to go players going past 580P who has less, who had five or less stolen bases in 2023. And the draft is going to be who's going to get the most stolen bases for this year. And then I'll I'll keep track of it. And at the end of the year, we'll... We'll figure out what's going to happen to the winner. So um, one of you guys can go first, make the first pick. I'll go last. I'll go back to the first pick. Go ahead, Justin. Two players. If you're ready. Oh, you're five. You. So, yeah. oh, I have, I have, I'm ready if you want me to go. Yeah, you you get ready. I'm going to get the ADP page up. Okay. Well, I'm going to take somebody whose ADP I think is way too low. There we go. Especially compared to somebody that uh, – we mentioned earlier, you know, we mentioned Wyatt Langford, who I do like and I, I believe in, but I really, really believe in Dylan Cruz, and I don't think he's going to have to wait that much longer. I don't think he's that far behind uh, Langford. So, yeah, this might take a little time to pay off, but we're we're going post 500 here trying to get some steals. I think he can be a nice power speed guy. I'll take Dylan Cruz, who uh, did nice. get 20 games in double A. I think he could be up by Memorial Day. I'll take my four months of him. Four months, so what are you thinking? Maybe 15 steals at that yeah. point? Yeah, that's All exactly right. what I'm thinking. All right. I like it. I like it. Great pick mm. right there. Okay. Don't forget, All Justin, right. they have to not have had five steals yeah, last that... year. So no Mateo or I can't take no Mateo. <laughs> By the way, speaking of a steals benefit late, though, Caballero is going to play in Tampa Bay. Yeah. And and he yeah, is yeah. very cheap. He's not eligible for this draft again because he had more than five last year. But he's picked five fifty five, second and short. He's gonna play in Tampa Bay. I think Jose Caballero. We didn't talk a ton about him on our pod after that trade, but I, I I I've got I've grown keen on him a little bit. I got two Caballeros from earlier in the season because as it gets late at shortstop and you want your fourth guy, it gets like you 
really have to decide if you want your Miguel Rojas or Caballeros or if yep. you want to take your shot at a rookie that might play. Um, or and maybe I, I lean a lot more on the Caballeros and Rojas yes. these days, which is yes. what we were talking about earlier with prospects versus crusties. 100%. So I got a couple of them then. And then when he got traded, I was in a 400 DC and he went like around 27. I was like, no, I'm not going that the, early. The now. old trade. Yeah. The old, other, the old uh, transaction the, hype. The transaction helium. That Yeah, yeah. there you go. It's because amazing. always happens. If if their draft spot is anywhere in the vicinity, like when a closer signs to or a reliever, they'll just be like, oh, he's going to close now. Well, like I'm, I would be surprised if Shelby Miller wasn't drafted 10 rounds ahead of his ADP right. when he signed. Go ahead, Justin. Got my two guys. Ready? All right. All right. So just the first one, one first. Yeah, just the first, first, first one. The first. I'll take Estevan Florio. Uh, okay. you know, he's on my traded. list. There is a, you know, there is a, you know, a path to playing time because Cleveland's garbage is traditionally outfield or sorry, garbage. <laughs> Cleveland's <laughs> outfield is traditionally garbage. Um, uh, so they give away uh, the good ones like Nolan Jones. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, you know, Miles Straw sucks. Um, and maybe at some point they will just uh, part with him. So I'll take Estevan Florial as my dude. As I like my that. first dude. He made my, my second one. I'm just going to do just troll Paul. Oh, what the hell? Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> A Paul troll. That's that's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. No, he's 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 in his head right now. It's like, who the hell is he going to use? Um, I'm researching now. I'm going to go with um, first pick San Diego Padre Jacob Marcy. Um, okay. I like that one. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, Right now he's going pick six fifty. Um, I don't know. Um, the steamer six hundred. Obviously he won't get six hundred player appearances, but they had him down for seventeen stone bases. Stole over forty in the minors. I think their outfield atrocious, and I feel like it's a good late dart um, mm-hmm. to to um, to get that. Um, and my second one. Oh man. My second one's going to be, although I don't think he's going to see the field much, um, and I really don't like his profile overall, I wouldn't draft him. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't draft him as a, like, as a, like, I would draft Marcy. I wouldn't draft this guy, um, but uh, Vidal Bruhan. Uh, I'll give him. Oh, because I, I can't yeah, quit yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. I can't quit him either. <laughs> But I like agree. I said, I wouldn't pick him for my DC, but I would pick him for this little stupid draft that made up. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. Yeah, oh, the, the think... guy I'm the guy I'm going to take is the same way. I, I would not draft him, but I'm drafting him for this. I call but I think like these a... exercises, like this, is what I do when I try to filter out, like who, like if I do want, like a late round speed or power guy. I just think it's mm-hmm. a good practice for a lot of people to just find something wherever how you want to find it. You want to use minor league stats, you want to use Steamer six hundred, whatever. But it's a good, I think it's a good thing, a good exercise to just do, just so you know where to go later in your DCs for power. I totally speed. agree, and I love the Steamer six hundred. Gives everyone six hundred plate appearances to get an idea of what some skill sets could be like, because you'll find like maybe a breakout or two speaking of caballero his is 11:33 on the homers and steals i don't know if he's getting 600 in tampa bay but if he did or got anywhere even if he gets 500 that would be nice so mm-hmm. uh, another 100%. mention for caballero um go ahead justin your second pick then troll me i mean i want to not just win this by like getting the guy who gets 13 steals i want to obliterate everyone right so i'm going to take the 
0.1% chance that Alberto Mondesi, Mondesi I knew it. I knew it. Uh, <laughs> finds a team and just runs wild for a full season. Uh, like, remember the days in which we we laughed when people took him in the second round of drafts and stuff? And I mean, I was one. Now of you're people. getting. I'm not, I'm not even going to front. I was too. Like you know, so like now you're getting him after pick 600. Like. Fine. If that if that is one of your dart throws, if that if that's one of your caveats, I got no problem with it at the price. The chance yep. that it's ever going to happen is like nothing. Um, but he, I mean, if we're talking about a guy going after pick five hundred that could win the stolen base category, it's Mondesi, right? Where okay, real quick on Mondesi, he's six hundred right now. He signs with a team. I don't know the team off the top of my head, but it seems that he down. has. An avenue, not a guaranteed spot, but just an avenue. How high would y'all take him if you would at all? Go ahead and say it's the Giants. That's fine. But just like, where would you draft him, Justin? 30th round. Okay. So that's 450-ish? Of a fab league. Of a fab league. You wouldn't take him in the D.C.? I think I'd still take him I'd, in the D.C. I, more I, so. I probably still would take him in the D.C. But Rob, what I about you? him in the fab league where I can draw. Would you take Mondesi if he signed somewhere that gave him an avenue to play right now above the 600 pick? I guess I'm still just worried about the health. You know, I constantly fair. talk it's about totally like, fair. I, I constantly talk about I do have optimism. Like, I don't believe that people just remain injured forever, you know, and sure. that, like that has to be their thing that they carry with them. But um, I mean, for him, it's so bad, but I mean, if I got word that he was like, make, like ready to start the season and he gets a shot as like a non-roster invitee, yeah, I would take him probably 500 max. I don't think I'd go up to 400. That, that, I think I'm about fine. where you're at. Yeah. But yeah. And, and I agree too. Like when someone has a set of skills, I always talk about this on the show and health is the only thing I'm betting on. Yes. It's a big deal and they still need to stay healthy, but I'm willing to take that gamble versus a guy who needs to get his launch angle in order and start running more on the bases and this, that, and the other skills wise, if the skills are there and all we need is health, that's a profile I generally like. So um, I don't know if Mondesi's skills are still there, but if he did sign somewhere, I think around pick 500 is where I'd go to. I want to give a soft spot for him too, because his dad was one of my favorite players ever. I and loved Raul Mondesi too. He, he one, became yeah. uh, a corrupt, uh, you know, political uh, criminal and, and he's in prison <laughs> now for it. But who yeah, is it a career? Corrupt political guy. Come on, he's, he's in fucking who among <laughs> us? Who among us hasn't embezzled us? millions upon millions of dollars after having a million dollars, a millions upon millions of dollars as a successful baseball player? Uh, all right, I want to give a quick passing mention because he doesn't qualify since he had seven steals last year. But Kyle Isbell is still a guy whose yes. skills mm, yeah. I can't quit. Uh, but he doesn't qualify, like I said. So let me go Homer here and go Longhorns, hook him horns, and go David Hamilton. 26 Ooh. years old in Boston, stole 57 bases last year, 70 the year before. Doesn't necessarily have an easy avenue to play up the middle there, but certainly isn't blocked off in Boston, right? Vaughn Grissom, I know there's some excitement now that he has an opportunity, but he's far from a guarantee. Story's a guarantee when healthy, but he's just not very healthy. So David Hamilton could come up, and he wouldn't even need that much time. To be honest, I could win this league with him coming up in August and playing for two months straight with as much wow. as he runs. So David wow. Hamilton of Boston and of the Texas Longhorns, who I watched play a ton as a Longhorn, will be my last pick there. Beautiful. There you go. So everyone for listening, you want some late DC grabs right there. Paul has um, 
David Hamilton and who's the first guy? Dylan Cruz from Dylan Washington. Cruz, like a freehold. I wrote next to Paul. I wrote Spora. Um, <laughs> Paul's gonna steal a ton of bases. I would love to look up. I'm going crazy on the bases <laughs> this year, y'all. So Paul got Dylan Cruz, David Hamilton, Justin had Esteban Florial and Adabelto Mondesi, and I went with Vidal Bruhan. Jacob Barcy, appreciate you guys coming down and uh, hanging out with me. Um, check out Paul and Justin on the Sleeper and the Bus Pod. Obviously, all their written work on Fangraphs um, at Spora at Justin Mason FWFB. Um, and yeah, guys, really appreciate you. I appreciate you guys. Everything you do for the industry. Um, you know, I think it. I think it's inspirational, motivational for people who are coming up in the game and and um, see what you guys do and the amount of effort and work that you put into it. You know, to like that they could do it too. So appreciate everything that you guys do for us. And uh, you guys have anything to say before we get out of here? Thank you so much, Rob, for having Thanks us for on. Having we got we got to do 100%. a home at home. Get you on the sleeper and the bus. And again, go. big kudos on everything you're doing with Deadpool Hitter. It's been amazing. The Discord, the uh, written updates on the player profiles, the audio that you do as well, so that people can listen to stuff. So, all right, thank you so much. And Justin has to go. Later, Talk to you all later. Thank you so much. Later. All right, peace out, everyone. Thanks for listening to Pull Hitter Podcast, and don't be a bag of shit. <laughs>